0: 6 to 7 p.m. Sport on with Tabisomusia. He was born in Queque in then Rhodesia. He went to Gifford School in Bulawayo and became a physical education teacher. But a serious knee injury in his early 20s put Paid to any aspirations he might have had of becoming a top-flank forward. He was soon coaching in Zimbabwe, including the national side, before arriving in Durban in 1984. He shot to fame when Natal won the Curry Cup for the first time in 1990 with Mac as coach was across there in cover he didn't make the tackle this is jamison the long pass from dick muir this is a chance for tony watson he's first of the game and tony watson is going to go in can you believe this natal score tony watson and we haven't seen so far as Ian McIntosh, the coach, who has done so incredibly well with this Natal side. Trying to find at to back of the line The locks came around very quickly. This is good ball for Natal. Peter Muller gets past his man, and he's got men on the outside. He had a of funderbessesson on the outside, and Tyshman is in for the try. In the 12 years that he was at the helm, the Natal Sharks reached five Curry Cup finals, winning four titles. Sansi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musea.
1: Good evening, everybody. Thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabi Musia and Katlechom uh, Udiba and Timothy producing the show with Patrick Munana in a technical. That clip we've opened with is uh, about our guest tonight on Flashback Friday, the man who led Natal to their first Curry Cup title in 1990. Now, of course, Natal is the Sharks, basically, and uh, he was also part of their success in the early stages of Super Rugby, leading them to a final. And a couple of semis He was also Bok coach before being replaced by Kitch Christie who then guided the box to that historic World Cup win in 1995 widely regarded as one of the best coaches the game has ever produced our guest this evening is coach Ian McIntosh so do join us for this conversation if you have any questions you can send them right now your voice notes to this WhatsApp number which is 61 4104107 you can also SMS us to 41391 or you can call us directly on 11 7142006 if you want to speak uh, or have a question for coach ian mack who will talk to us about his journey from bulawayo in zimbabwe as you had there in that short documentary which was done by offshoot media uh, to kzn also spent some time in the wells of course and he was book coach as i mentioned and we're going to talk about the success of natal and the sharks in those uh, early stages of super of super rugby and uh there is a game tonight. Do not forget that. Bafana, Bafana are in action against Autome at the Moses Mabida Stadium in Durban. It's kicking off at 9pm. So let's try our best to stay up for that on a Friday night, 9pm. Here. Yeah. But good luck to Bafana Bafana tonight. It will be live on SABC. And then on Monday, the teams will move to PE for the second match of these back to back qualifiers after Sao Tome decided to forfeit their home game. Uh, they've decided to stay in South Africa just to limit travel uh, because of COVID 19. So Bafana Bafana have received a big boost here, and surely six points is not too much to ask for from Sao Tome. Bafana second in this group after one win and one defeat. Ghana top of the group with three straight wins. Remember, the top two teams will qualify for AFCON 2021 to be played in Cameroon. So, good luck to Bafana and Banyana Banyana, also in action tomorrow against Botswana in the final of the Kosafa Women's Cup in PE at the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium, the World Cup Stadium. That match will also be live on SABC tomorrow. But right now, we're going to talk to our guest, Coach Ian Mack, after this. <laughs>
0: Zanzi's sporting milestones, moments, and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia.
1: And let's begin our conversation with the legendary coach Ian McIntosh, who led Natal to their first Curry Cup title in 1990. What was a golden era for the team, winning three more titles. And uh, we'll also talk about their, early, their success in the early stages of Super Rugby. Coach, good evening. Thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us on SAFM tonight.
2: Well, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks, Coach. Firstly, how's the golf going? Are you still playing?
2: Then I've just come off the golf course. I was just rushing to get back. And uh, it wasn't so good, but good holes, bad holes. But at least I can still hit the ball.
1: And what's that handicap
2: now? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a 20 off the, off the senior tees, the Madala tees.
1: <laughs> you can be <laughs> forgiven. Are you following the Masters then?
2: I haven't because I, I'm, I haven't followed the Masters, but I believe two of our guys are doing quite well there in the top five. Who are some
1: of your guys? Who, who you, who's your money on, coach?
2: Oh, man, I haven't followed it. I don't know what to do. If I put money, I put it on Ostason.
1: <laughs> Louis Ostazen, okay. That's not too bad. i got to tell you, Dylan Fritail is doing well at the moment. He was yes, tight.
2: He, he, he apparently had a very good round uh, yesterday.
1: Yes, he shot a 65, tied for a lead with uh, Paul Casey and Dustin Johnson. Oh,
2: that's fantastic, man.
1: And Oster and his 4-under, so not too far behind. Also, there's a game tonight, Coach Ian Mack. Super Rugby yes. unlocked the Sharks and was What will be key for the Sharks in Kimberley? Because it's not easy to go there and win.
2: It's not easy. If you put it in your mind, it's not easy. I've been there with the top side and lost because we played the wrong rugby. You, you, you know, sometimes you can be too conservative against that side. You, you've, got to, you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you get your own ball. You've got to suck them in, and then you've got to run the ball. If they give you any loose ball, you must run it. You mustn't start kicking game against those guys, because that's just what they love. Eh? So if you've got good back line like the Sharks, they must take the ball and run at them. And, uh, and then you'll see what will happen. It'll, I think they'll have a good win.
1: And what do you make of the Sharks team under coach Sean Everett?
2: Now very, I'm very proud and very happy with Sean because, you know, he's come through the ranks. And I like it when a coach does that. He's coached at junior school, senior school. He's coached at club, uh, club champs. He's taken under-19s to, a, career, to a, a cup. He's come through. And, uh, you know, I was, I was privileged to be on the selection committee last year. He got the job. And unfortunately, with COVID, you know, the Super 12 uh, was cut short. But when it went, we we were leading the Super 12 uh, log. And um, so he's done very well. His uh, last two games have been a bit skitsy. Um But he got through. That's the main thing. But let's see that he starts getting on a good, decent run tonight from tonight. yeah.
1: And overall, Coach, what's your impression of the domestic Super Rugby unlocked after COVID-19?
2: After uh, the break? Um, um, it's, it's all right, you know. At least what I'm pleased about is that the Springboks are playing in it. I hate these, like the curry cup that used to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't like it when we call our a curry cup and none of the Springboks are playing. So at least we've got our Springboks playing, which is a good thing. And, and then I, when we're going to our curry cup now, which they're going to play over Christmas in January, yeah. I just hope that the, the, the Springboks will be playing. And then it's something. Uh, I don't like it when we just watered down our curry cup.
1: Yeah, well, we've been told that the Springboks will be part of the curry cup uh, yes. later this month. So that's good news. And you, you have a special relationship with the curry cup, Coach Ian Mack, having brought the Sharks their first title in 1990. Where does that one rank in your career highlights?
2: Yeah, that's got to be the best, you know, because it was the first. You know the, you know where I come from? The, uh, the Africans up in Rhodesia, where I originally came from, I had a good friend of mine, and he told me that, that the African have a saying, the first cut is deep. In other words, the first, first slice, that's where you make your big impression. So anything first is always that, that deep, you know? Um, so that first curry cup was like Cinderella stuff, and it was, it was a magic day for us. It changed a lot of our lives.
1: And of course, it was Natal at the time, not the Sharks. Yes. It was Natal, yes. and, and and it was. I guess it was more important because it was the hundredth year, if I remember correctly.
2: Correct, and we hadn't won it in hundred years. In fact, in, I think we'd only been to one. We'd only been to two finals before that, and um, so it, it was a it was a great thing to to come through that. And I must say, and I, and um, I know things have changed for the better because now everybody is entitled to play in the game. But in those days, for what it was, those Curry Cup games were like test matches, you know? Oh. The top six, and new, we used to get crowds of 30,000, 40,000 watching those games. And uh, so to win at that sort of uh, level of of, uh, of strength, mm. it was some, it meant a lot.
1: And and what was key to that success of, of Natal at the time? The key?
2: Mm. Uh, well, we built with youngsters, but uh, we developed... Uh, what we call a direct style of rugby. Mm. Uh, it was new. And you can see now everybody's playing that. As soon as they get the ball, they play to the You hear the commentators saying he's over the advantage line. Half of them, I don't think, what it knows what it means. <laughs> but in the old days, we used to, before that, we used to let the ball down the back line, and wherever the breakdown was, then the forwards had to get there and get the ball. Well, we changed all that. We started running early with our backs, so we got over the bonnie's drive, right, and, the, and the forwards would run off that. And it was something new, and it, it took us to a lot of success.
1: There were some people, coach, who felt you were ahead of the time with that kind of rugby that you play, but others felt you were predictable. You had a bullish pack of forward. You were conservative. How, how do you no, respond?
2: No, way. How can they call it conservative? I've been blamed this before. How come that the wings in the Dell, Tony Watson and Cabos Vanuessa broke all the all the try scoring records for the season? I think they still 33 tries in a season or something from Cabos. and those are wings. Mm. So it's it's not that the, the wing gets the ball; it's when he get when he gets it. And if you, if if he gets it deep with all the cover defence going across, he's got no chance. So what we used to do is suck the cover defence in first, and then get it out to our threes. And there was man on man, and then there was, then the tries came. They they rained. Mm. I think if you go back in '96. You'll find that we still got the most points scored in the season, the most try scores in the season. And uh, so, yeah, I, a lot of people said it was uh, one dimensional, but uh, try and stop it. You try and stop it when you when you got their forwards going back the whole time and you're running onto the ball. That's the whole secret. <laughs> and could you and think? Ironically, yes. the whole world's doing it now.
1: Yes, they are. I had the other day Nick Mallet saying that um, people should be thanking you or praising you because you were so ahead of the time of the times at that time, and nobody could realize. Yes.
2: well, it was nice of him to say that because uh, he took a lot from what I was doing when he coached the books.
1: <laughs> and could you figure out why it taken so long for Natal to win a curry cup at the time?
2: I you don't know what it. It was. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I go back, you know, a lot of people, it was very kind of you to introduce me like you do, but there was a legend of a coach in Natal, and his name was Isak Van Heerden, and he coached in the 60s, and Natal then used to run the ball from everywhere. So, you'd have one game where they'd play so well, and the next game they'd get beaten because they are playing too much behind their vantage line. But, the uh, names like Keith Oxley and Tick Street and all those guys that play, you know, I believe in, way, I'm going way back now to 65,
3: mm.
2: when the Springboks toured in New Zealand. The Natal side were unbeaten there, but there wasn't a curry cup because of the tour. And and I, was, I, I, I believe that year they could have won the curry cup. So maybe in the old days they chucked the ball around too much, because you can do that, you know, and then you you can get cut off. And, and
1: what do you make of the way rugby's played now, especially the South African team? Which direction do you think we're taking? Well,
2: you know, I've got to be quite frank, and I've mentioned it even to Rashi. Uh, I didn't like the way we were playing right up until, but the way we played that final, that is the blueprint for South African rugby. Big forwards, subdue and penetrate, but you you know, and, and kick correctly. We did all that. We kicked correctly. We we had first-phase position, which was good, and we ran the ball when it was on. And and we ran from broke. It was just wonderful. Um, And if we can continue to play like that, it's going to be great.
1: But before that, it was it was that uh, those forwards doing the work. People were saying it's the traditional South African way that got the box to the final. Everybody was actually surprised with how it all changed in the final. So are it you saying? It was, uh, yes.
2: And you know, I still believe in the semi-final. If we played like in the final against Wales, mm. we would have given them thirty points. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but it's but it, but having said that, you know, like, Russia is a great planner. and He played things. And my, we got through. That's what all accounts. If it was 1 point, 2 points, 20 points, we got to that final and he planned it. So uh, it worked for him. But it was wonderful to see how he came out and just played a full 15-man rugby in that final.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody expected it. And that 6-2 forward split on the bench?
2: Yeah, well, that's what, you know, it was lucky's like his bomb squad coming on to really demolish him off he put pressure the first time. It worked like a charm. And... Uh, and I always believe, when I go back to my days, we only had two reserves. We always had a hook and a scum off with a fly-off. But, uh, so, you know, you can get away with six backs. I mean, with, with uh, two, two, two backs. Mm.
1: Back to you now, Coach Ian McIntosh. You were born in Zimbabwe and are yep. a lot of players and coaches and box captains that hail from Zimbabwe. How was the rugby culture there at, during your time?
2: You know, we were very proud in Rhodesia because... We, we had, we had, we had some good years, but going way back, we always played in the Curry Cup. We were part mm. of South African rugby. That's how we had Springboks come into the Springboks side. Uh, but we attended, we tended to be a Cinderella side like Natal. Um, you know, sometimes we, we used to you not know, play against the old Transvaal, Northern Transvaal, Western mm. Province. She, they had big fours, which we didn't have mm. in Rhodesia. So we had to learn. We had a policy that, like, Okay, so if we get a ball, we don't kick it away. We keep that ball. So although we're getting less ball, if it makes sense to you, we're keeping it long. We have more ball possession over the the game, and then it's hard mm-hmm. to beat you. And uh, we had to run from everywhere. We had we some good season in '73. We actually played in the semi final of the Currie Cup against Northern Transvaal, and oh. that Northern Transvaal had about ten Springboks. So, uh, yeah we had some and don't forget ever if we go back into the history of Rhodesia mm. which became Zimbabwe mm. that in 1949 we beat the All Blacks in two games huh. we drew one and they and and won one so we were the first side ever to win a series if you want to call it against the All Blacks out of out of New Zealand
1: sure. and I, I believe you also played but injury uh, cut your career short
2: yeah man that was sad for me um, You know, my life was rugby and I was, I believe I was on the verge of playing for Rhodesia. Whether I did or not, but that's what I believed. A lot of people told me. And then that year I got my first knee injury. And then two, three years later I came back, got it right, and then you won't believe it. When everything was coming right again, my other knee went. So being a teacher and wanting to stay in the game, that's how I ended up coaching.
1: And how old were you at the time, coach?
2: How old I was? My first injury came at about 22, Ooh. 21, 22. And then my next one came at 25.
1: Hmm. And and as, as somebody from Rhodesia, from Zimbabwe, I mean, do you sometimes wish that you, you you would have had a strong national team with the likes of Bobby Skinstad, Gary Teichman, Adrian Garvey, all these guys going to play for the Springboks?
2: Yes, but uh, also, you know, I was up there a little while ago, and now that it's Zimbabwe and that... Just like what happened in this country, we've got a lot of players of colour, That are, like, uh, the Beast, uh, mm. Tandarai, uh, uh, Majority, all mm. those guys came through. So, yeah, there's still players up there.
1: Yeah. And, and I saw an interview where you actually held the dawn of democracy in South Africa, saying it brings more players to the game and more depth. More depth.
2: Sorry, what was that? I just missed that. I'm
1: saying I saw one of your previous interviews where you actually hailed the dawn of democracy in South Africa. You said it ah, brought more time. players to the game. Ah, and
2: big time. You know something? I was a selector for 13 years mm-hmm. with Jake's tenure, with Peter de Villiers, then Heineken Meyer. And there was always pressure that we have to have players of colour play. And I used to say, but you cannot say it to politicians, uh, w- w- it's going to happen. And, you know, it, it, it just can't happen overnight. And nowadays, it's, it's happening. And you can see it. It's happening big time. And I think it's fantastic. And I'm going to tell, tell you something now. As it's going now, we don't... Well, even Russia, I'm sure they don't even worry about what color. They just pick because there's so many players of color coming through. And you can see that. Look at some of the players that are now playing for the books. Mm. I mean, you're captain alone. And then you've got the players of color and the colors have got a flair and and they're coming through. And I'm just so excited about it because it's happening in its natural time. Before they were trying to push it. You cannot push something that doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. So I'm terribly excited about the new South Africa. If you look at it another way, we used to probably pick from four and a half million people or whatever it was, We're now picking from 50 million people base, Um, so it's got to stand to reason. It's got to happen, and it's happening, and it's happening quickly now. And it's just fantastic to see the 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 player, the talent that's coming through.
1: Yeah, and even at the Sharks, I mean, that backline, even the forwards now.
2: Look at some of those players. Yeah, they're good.
1: Okay, we've got a voice note here, coach, for you uh, that's come through on 0614104107. If you're just joining us, we are in conversation with the legendary coach, Ian McIntosh.
2: Hey, good evening, good evening to the uh, coach. You're speaking to Libra here uh, in East London. Uh, coach, are you still a Springbok selector? Because the last time I checked you was, were... can you tell me about the importance of Club Arabi? Uh, in South Africa, you know, in the development of rugby, how how important is club rugby in this country? Um, thank you very much, Tamiso. Thank you for that question, and it's very important. Mm. And I I always worry sometimes the players don't go through club rugby in the old days. You know, I believe everybody should start in a club and country, but now it's squad training and, and the professional world, and you give bursaries and uh, I mean, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, when the players get Scholarship. Uh, money And the, the club rugby Sort of takes a back seat And it's so sad Because I believe that And New Zealand has still got it right the Club rugby is still number one there And uh, I'd love to see it get it back to what it was Yes, club rugby Is so important
1: You also wanted to know if you're still involved In selection
2: No, no, uh, after Heineken's meyer then, then they dump me, and I'm not dumping playing, I'm an old man now. So they're bringing <laughs> some some use. But no, I, I, I'm not a selector anymore.
1: Are you happy to watch from a distance?
2: <laughs> and now I can become like all those critics. <laughs> you, you know, I say all those critics, you can criticize, but their team never plays on Saturday for us to criticize them. But... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's what makes our game, isn't
1: it? Yeah. And just back to that 1990 Curry Cup win, yeah. Coach Ian McIntosh. Did that win change the trajectory of your coaching career?
2: Well, yes, it did. It validated what we were trying to do in changing the game. And we, we enhanced after that. And as you know, we had a lot of success after that. Um, it did. It, um, it did without a doubt. It, it, it gave us confidence and it changed a lot of oh. our lives.
1: You won more titles after that. Is there anyone sweeter than the other?
2: The first is always the best, as I told <laughs> you. But in '96, that side that won the Curry Cup then, um, it's, it's without a doubt the best side I've had the privilege of being with. Um, we got to a stage where the players just knew and played, they had confidence. But it, didn't, it didn't take much coaching. It was just, just wonderful. And they, they played some unbelievable rugby, as of you probably remember.
1: Yes, and let's talk about that team. I mean, what made it so great? If I remember, was it the team with Andre Ube with Henry Hannibal, Oli Leroux, Adrian and Gavi, John yes. Allen, and all those
2: guys? Those guys. And you know what happened? Um, as you know, uh, I got fired from the Springbok job. Yes. I, I didn't get it to work like I did in tell. And uh, so when I came back to Natal, a lot of the players at the didn't really believe in what we were doing, which was sad. But when I came back to the, I said, right, we're going to play this direct rugby more than we've ever played, and we did that, and it and it came to a com, culminated in '96, mm. and that's when that side just clicked in everything. It was a wonderful season for all of us.
1: And then you took that form to Super Rugby. Was it Super Twelve or Super Ten at the time?
2: Well, it was just it was actually in '96 that Super Rugby first. Super Rugby came. It was Super 10, two uh-huh. years before that, uh-huh. and we played in the final of the first Super Ten. Mm. And the next year, Transvaal won it. Then, then, then the Super ninety six Super Twelve came in. We played in the final, as you might remember, and uh, players... we we lost badly to Auckland over there. Yeah, uh, we we beat uh, Queensland in the, in the semi in the semi final. We gave it. We had a very good outing. Mm. but. And then Northern Transvaal the first year, they played in the semi-finals. People forget that. Mm. So, yeah, it was, that's when it really got started.
1: Just to that 96 final, nobody gave you a chance against the Reds in that semi-final, especially because they'd beaten you in the rod yes. robin stages, but you actually beat them comfortably. What, yes. What was the key to that win?
2: I don't know. We just went out and played our rugby because I've always, I've, I've always been a coach. where I'm not worried. Look, I'm going to see This blood, but I'm not going to worry too much about the opposition. I'm just going to work the opposite. You've got to worry about me. I want to play the rugby I want to play. And if you instigate that and get it going, it works. Mm. I think sometimes we worry too much about the opposition that we forget about playing with the ball ourselves. Mm-hmm.
1: And and Coppers van der Vestes has got a hat trick in, 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 in that game. <laughs> How highly do you rate him, coach?
2: No, nah, he was a good player, he was a good finisher. Oh. Uh, you know, and uh I never forget what he said. Remember his famous remark when he said, Gee well because uh, he said, yeah, my granny could have scored those five. <laughs> <laughs> But uh no he was a good finisher. I like finishing wings. Yeah. You must you must you must work to make space for them and put them away, but then they must finish. And uh, I like wings like that.
1: Uh, and and you've already mentioned the blues. Now that you played in that final, was it a step too far? If you look at the team that they had with Zins and Brook, Jonah Lomu, yeah, Carlos yeah, it was a good Spencer, side, I,
2: whew, they were. But you know what happened when we got to Auckland. I took the guys, and you learn these things afterwards. And we went to a school uh, in in Auckland. And the the fields were wet compared to Australia, which is, and I had a good hard session which I shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. and I I believe that I stiffened the guys, because a lot of blacks told me they were still stiff by the Saturday, and if you look at that game, we only got going in the second half. It's mm-hmm. no excuse because that Auckland side was a booming good side.
1: Mm. I think that uh, Sean Fitzpatrick was also there.
2: Yes. Zinzan was a captain at Kirkpatrick, but well, he didn't captain Auckland, and he only captained the All Blacks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we've got a caller from Cape Town here, if you're just joining us, we're catching up with coach Ian McIntosh. Lebo, good evening.
2: Good Hi. evening.
3: We're fine, thanks, go ahead. Good. Uh, I just want to gauge uh, uh, his perspective on, in fact, I've got two questions. Let me quickly say that language and tone are quite important and, and very critical. And I think we need to assert a very constructive dialogue in this discussion. One, who 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 is a player of colour? I'm, I'm a very squeamish person. I don't I don't I don't prefer the usage of, of of that language. Who is a person of colour? Especially so for you and, and 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 who is this other guy? Uh, who called, no, not totally the other one. Who is on leave? You you allow your guests to constantly use this person of color. What is a person of color? Why can't you just say a black person? But my question is, a, a bongi, yeah, it's bongi. You and bongi yeah very pro- problematic because we allow this... Wide
1: no, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You can't say yeah, I'm problematic yeah. now. Firstly, the reason we use player of colour is that that's how the players are referred to by the by the federations. Cricket will tell you about players of colour. Rugby will tell you about players of colour. They will even go as far as saying black African and some people are not comfortable when we say black African but that's the term that is used by these federations. Yeah,
3: not personally. Don't you think that there is something problematic about that?
1: what's the rest of your point level
3: the point is okay let me, let me just uh, ask my my question and then because you're just being stubborn
1: no i'm not oh, being stubborn question. i'm explaining to you why we use certain terms certain terms that's why we use those those certain terms we don't use non-white because non-white is not a word but playoff color is there that's how they are referred to as just
3: because it's used elsewhere so my question is the following what is what what is his high impact Contribution within the rugby fraternity in relation to sponsoring youth development.
1: Coach Ian. I think the question was about regards to devel- development or sponsoring development. If I heard him correctly.
2: Yeah. Okay. Can I just answer that first question? I know that you you try to save me but I'm not. I'm not worried about that i mentioned that not because i want to be diplomatic that is the terminology given by our board or the union as you said and it's quite easy to say i'm picking so many black players so many colored players so many white colors that's not a problem to me yeah. so what i'm saying is if you want to put it blankly all right let's put it to that answer there are a lot of black colors coming through now there's a lot of colored players coming through and you still got white players and because of that we're going to have very strong south african teams on merit now. Not, pick, not picking them because they're black that they have. They get there on merit. And it's wonderful. Mm.
1: Yeah, you, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because like I said, in cricket they use the term black African. And yeah. I know some people are very uncomfortable with the term black He's African.
2: A good, I, I believe that question was quite a reasonable question. because, he, Why people diplomatic about it? Yes, come out and start. Some people say ethnic black. Some people say colors. Some people say white. But yes, I couldn't agree more. Let's say there are so many blacks, there are so many uh, colors. What's the problem? Mm. I, me personally, I was told this a long time ago by a man called Dougie Dyes. He's a colored man in Cape Town. He said, When you make a rugby decision and you've got a colored player or a black player, make a rugby decision. Don't make a colored decision. And 100%. Say I'm playing so many blacks, I'm saying, play whatever. we all different colors. Mm. And, uh, to me i've always said you play the best man and that's what's happening
1: back to that sharks team that we were talking about coach you seem to have had a special relationship with a gary teichman obviously also from zimbabwe but how do you describe that relationship
2: no dude you know like gary's cross with me because he didn't get into the side to start with i always say you're a late developer i made him very cross But by the time he took over captaincy, and obviously I was very fortunate to to work with three great captains, and that was Craig Jamison, Mm -hmm. Val Bartman, Mm -hmm. and Gary. And they all had one thing in common, and that is they trusted their players to do what they had to do. Mm -hmm. They didn't try and boss them and play their positions for them. They got in, they they were led by example, but they they put their trust in the player that the player had paid them. And... uh, Yeah, I had a great relationship with you. In fact, I had coffee with him this morning. Great man.
1: (laughs) Great stuff. And there's a question here from our SMS line which says, Good evening, Coach. Can you please tell us a bit more about James Moore?
2: Oh, I love James Moore. You know, a lot of people, you you know, if you see that uh, rebel without a cause, Mm. probably that fits him beautifully. But um, James Yes, he was a problem child, but he was too good not to to worry about his problems. I rather worried about what he did on the field. Yeah. And uh, I had a special relationship with him. I coached him, what, maybe five years or so. And uh, I was very, very fond of him. He was one of, one of the blocks I was probably fond more than a lot of people I coached. All my players, I loved. Yeah.
1: And just a word on Henry Hannibal. Ah.
2: Uh, you know you know what his nickname was? His Lem. You know Lem. what Lem means? could yes. cut. And the reason is he could cut people in half with his tackles. <laughs> and, Blade. Uh, Lem. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know how good was he? I mean, Nick Mallet must have spoken heavily about him. And he came in the latter part of, our, of my tenure. Of course, I started with a guy called Henry Coxwell. Then I had Joe Stansky. Uh, then I had Lacroix from France. And then, then Lem came into the picture. No, he was, he was solid. Eh? He was very good.
1: A lot of people just spoke about his tackling, but, but what made him so good in your opinion, coach?
2: Well, you know, I want to tell you something. When he played for the free step, he used to stand deep when he got the ball. So when we played free step, we used to cut him off. Then his whole back line was cut off. So when he came to us, we, he started. He got into the thing of this direct rugby. Mm. And when he started attacking the line, he was good, eh? He would take the last fucking players and give it to somebody else, and then he'd come out and run from there. Now, he, he, once he got squatted onto that direct rugby, he was unstoppable.
1: He was, of course, part of Nick Mullet's team in that 17-match unbeaten and, and run there with the Springboks. And yes. on on that Super Rugby campaign in the early stages, which of your squads would you say had a better chance of winning the tournament?
2: Sorry, when?
1: Which, which of your squads, which of the teams, which year do you think he you had your best chance of winning the tournament?
2: I think in 1996. In 96 when you reached and, the final. And, and I'll tell you why I say that is because also we could have won the Super 10 the first year, but we had injuries during the game and it was, wasn't a good game. But in 96, we were unfortunate because of one penalty we had to travel to play the Reds overseas. Mm. It, it right, The last minute, of I think it was against Northern Transvaal then, and uh, the penalty was reversed on us because the referee, I'm not going to mention his name, mm. and, and, and the referee at the time thought that, our, that, that Kevin Putt had, sw- had sworn at him, he used the F word, mm. but he hadn't, because what happened, the late Reuben Kruger dived over and killed the ball that was coming out on our side, and he shouted that word because we have a move when we get a turnover, we have a move where to move it, mm. and we couldn't do it, so he was... It was actually swearing at Ruben Kruger, red of and he reversed the penalty. Oh. That penalty was sent us away. If we'd won that game, we would have had a home semi, and I really believe we would have played a final in our time. Sure, sure. I didn't know that.
1: For those just joining us, we're talking to coach. yeah,
2: that's an inside story. And yeah. then the other year, of course, not through my tenure, but when Dick Muir was coaching, mm. and we we lost to the Bulls mm. here at Kings Park. That side could have, that should have won that game. That back with some bad, uh, captaincy on the field. Sure, okay.
1: We're just talking to Coach Ian McIntosh if you've just joined our conversation here, and Jeff and Devons um, is asking if you can just say a word about Andre Yubel, the Rolls Royce of fullbacks. Well,
2: he didn't get that name for nothing, did he? <laughs> you know, there's certain things you cannot coach players, and one of it is when you get uh, uh, when you have in- anticipation. Now, you can have anticipation with a loose forward, fly off. uh, And Andre had that anticipation from the back. He knew when he could run, he knew when he could kick, but he had anticipation when he come into the line or open up. And that you can't coach anybody. In fact, he had a horrible habit sometimes of chipping ahead and catching the ball. And that nearly got us into a lot of trouble. (laughs) So I tried to coach that out of him. And then I was killing his game. Mm. So... I went to him after and said, look, uh, I'm so sorry. Please just play your game. Because he was caught much more tries than he ever gave away. And he just blossomed. He was truly a natural, instinctive player.
1: Yeah, And he was our guest on this show a couple of months ago, Jeff and Deb. And you can actually find that podcast on IONO.FM. Coach, now to the Springboks. Would you say that your success with Natal at the time got you uh, the Bok the book job, did you have to apply like everybody else?
2: No, you see in those days you didn't apply for the job, nowadays people apply for the job, it was different in those days, what happened even at your club, you know at the end of the season the club would have a, uh, an annual general meeting, your province would have, then you would be nominated as coach or nominated as chairman or select or whatever it was, and uh, so when it came to this, that year that the spring when I got into the springbok, it was by default because um Sonicus was appointed before me and I don't know what happened but he had to stand down mm. but what they did they'd already appointed me as the A team coach in those days of the Springboks A B team mm. so I got in that way and I don't think a lot of people enjoyed that because one I was a Rhodesian I don't speak Afrikaans and uh, and uh, and I wasn't the Springbok so I was the first of Springbok becoming a coach, you know, so so it was mm. against the walls from the day one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and how do you look back at your time with the box, coach?
2: Man, I have one, two regrets. One, that I didn't have a longer tenure. You can't build a team in one year. That's mm. what I had. And secondly, um, when I did get the sack, all, all you ask is when you, sack, uh, when you drop a player, is treat him with respect, tell him why he's been dropped, bang bang, bang. He he can walk out and he takes it if he doesn't want to take it that way, yeah. then that's up to him. But I was never ever officially sacked or spoken to. It was in the newspapers. So the way it was done was horrible for me. It did it it didn't give me a chance. If they said to me, Look, we would like to move on, can I understand it? That's their choice thank you for what you've done, I can say thank you, I did my best and walk out like a the man. They never did that to me. And that always mm-hmm. left us, I'll be honest, left us sour taste for me. And uh, sometimes we tend to do that. Mm. Uh, sometimes in rugby. I
1: wasn't aware of that. I was about to ask you, what did Louis Late say to you when he sacked you? Sorry? I'm saying I wasn't aware of that. I, I was going to ask you, what did Louis Late say to you when he sacked you? I no, think... no I've never even spoke to
2: me. Shh. he never even spoke to me. He never even spoke to me. I read it in the papers. And oh. That was that. I still haven't even had an official letter nothing.
1: And did you see it coming after that series against New Zealand?
2: Yeah, you know, when I saw it coming, the first year it was quite, uh, quite good. Uh, and the next year, um, when Tro- I'd left, it draws off beaten the tower, And Kitch was, uh, was the coach. And I think, Louis, all he wanted to do was win that Curry Cup. And I could see it then. When we lost that game with that kick, and funny enough, Cabos dropped the blooming ball in. Uh, Oli Schmidt picked up the score, mm. I knew then my time was finished. Yeah. Because what had happened, most of the transfer players now come under kitsch, and you cannot coach another man's team. Yeah.
1: And and you say you were in charge for a year, and there was the World Cup in '95. Was your whole plan with this team, were you building up to the World Cup with this I team? I was
2: hoping to, yes. You see, I came in in May, and I got fired the next yeah. July, so it was. It looked like into two seasons. But let me tell you, in that year we played the whole world and we'd been out of the rug. I started with two Springboks in my team that had played. We played the whole world with new guys. That's New Zealand, Australia, England, everybody, France. We played them all in one year. Yeah. So I would have made a lot of changes after that. But anyway, that may be, Kitch took over he did a bloody good job and he won the World Cup. And that's all that matters.
1: And how different was that World Cup team to your box squad of the year before?
2: Sorry?
1: I'm saying how different was Kitsch Christie's team to yours? His squad. I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry. The
1: not too... Oh, I was, I, I was saying did most of the group that you worked with in 94 make the squad for 95? Yes,
2: yes. The, 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 the basis of all those guys went through.
1: And there the actually is a question here on the SMS to say that how do you rate Coach Kitch Christie?
2: No, he was good. He wasn't a hands-on coach, but he was a very astute coach, and he and he was very good at getting the players together, discipline. No, he and he had a good mind for the game.
1: Did you see him playing Mark Andrews at
2: eight? Well, yeah. Well, funny enough, I wanted to do that. Yeah, with Mark, <laughs> Mark oh. wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good thing. Oh, what did you see in Mark? Like I did a similar thing in that, that first uh, curry cup. I took uh, Steve Azzerton from Lock and I played him on the flank. That give us a, a big weight. Yeah. So listen, my friend, I'm afraid, as I said here, I've got a few more minutes. Yes. Because the sharks going to come and get gifts coming around to watch it. so.
1: I, that's fine, you, that's fine. We'll let you go I hope, in,
2: you, I hope you don't think I'm rude.
1: No, you did tell us before that you want to watch the game. It's understandable. So we'll let you go in about three minutes or so. But yeah. after your coaching career, Coach, you remained in the game. You were a selector. And did you enjoy that role?
2: Yes, I did. And it was 13 years. But more importantly than that, you know the South African legends. <clears throat>
1: Uh, yes, court, yes, I do.
2: You know, we go around and run yes, clinics, and we, we've coached over 80,000, and I'm so proud of what they do in the Vukla Rugby down in the Cape. That man was talking about development of rugby. Yeah. There are so many, we, so many disadvantaged children that we have coached, but it gave me another life because we play games as well, and we play Xbox together, and we go into do coaching clinics. We take the game to outlying areas, mm. and it's been a wonderful 16 years of that.
1: And you also received recognition from the IRB with that Vernon Award for distinguished yes.
2: service. How proud are you of that? No, I was very really proud of it. You know, and uh, there's some big names in there, but I never, I never expected. Yeah. And I never, you know, us old guys, we don't coach for glory, and we coach to be still part of the game, and that's why I've stayed in it.
1: Finally, who's the best expert to ever come out of Zimbabwe and play for the box? The best the best export from Zimbabwe to play for the Springboks?
2: Well, that's the one I eh? Well, there's Ray Mort. Oh, yeah. black a called Daysmith people have forgotten about. There's Ian Robinson. Um, it would be hard to say. There were a couple of players there I believe should have played. There's a guy called Eric Garrett. People didn't know about him. Okay. He was an unbelievable wing. He, he could have. He's caught probably more tries than Ray. Um, he was unlucky. There's a guy called Brian Murphy. But obviously, the one has come to the fore is b Yes, for sure. And do you think
1: a Kennedy Simba should have played for the box? Uh, or could have. Could have made that number 10 jersey his own if he got a chance.
2: I think he could have had a good chance, eh? If yeah. he played behind a good pack. I mean, look how well he did for Free State in those days.
1: The king of Bloemfontein. Yeah,
2: okay. I, I, I phoned uh, uh, Simba Chips. You know Simba Chips? Mm. I said, come on, you've got Kennedy Simba, man. Make him. <laughs> An ambassador. <laughs> Given a big very contract, he got called him to silver, but they didn't do it. <laughs> Great
1: stuff. Let's leave it there, coach. Let's give you time to go watch the game. But thank you very much for spending time with us tonight on uh, SAFM. No, we it's an absolute it.
2: pleasure. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for having me. And if you want to do it further, carry on this further sometime, um, it will only be my pleasure.
1: No problem. Thanks, coach. It's our pleasure and honor to talk to you tonight. Anyway.
2: Just remember one thing, and I love it. We all played this game, and I say to that gentleman on the phone, no matter what colour, we've all played the game, we all belong, and as long as we know that, and you play it for the right reason, and that's for the game of rugby. Okay,
1: great stuff. Thank you, Coach Ian McInturch, a legendary coach there. Enjoyed our conversation tonight.